Please turn in your New Testaments to one of the great statements of the meaning of the resurrection, which is 1 Peter 1, 3. 1 Peter 1, 3. And here are the words of the Apostle Peter, the Word of God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, hope can be a fragile thing. And the Apostle Peter's hope was crushed. His hope died on a Roman cross when Jesus died. And we think about Peter... And we think about the fact that he was just beside himself with grief. But he was not only beside himself with grief, he was beside himself with guilt. Because he had denied that he even knew Jesus three times. And Jesus had died before he had a chance to say he was sorry. And uh, his hope was just lost and, and buried in that stone garden tomb. And he was confused... He was depressed. You know, I can identify with Peter maybe just a little bit at some level because at age 14, I remember when, when we had buried what felt like my whole world on a sunny day in July at my dad's funeral. And I remembered after he died, not only being beside myself with grief, but I, I remembered also recalling a really bad argument that I had had and and how I had mistreated my father not long before he died. I know it is a minuscule comparison, but I did feel depressed and confused and empty. But I do know that grief and guilt are a powerful mixture. And for Peter, the one that he put his whole hope in, the one that he believed was the Messiah, the the one who was his, his heart friend, was gone, was dead. But Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. And that is Easter, right? He didn't stay dead. No, the women came running from the tomb and they found the apostles and And they said in just such an an agitated voice, they said, someone has stolen his body. We don't know where they have put him. And and Peter just took off running and John took off running. And don't you love the Scriptures and all the details that John being the younger outran Peter to the grave and, and John stopped being more timid and did not go in. Peter, of course, being more brash, just burst right into the tomb. We read that John believed, but Peter was filled with questions and they left. Mary Magdalene had trailed behind and there she was weeping at the tomb because they'd stolen the body of her friend, the the one who had brokered the forgiveness that she needed, being a prostitute and, and having demons inside of her. And now the one she loved, the one who delivered her, was gone. And, and she's crying so vehemently that when someone came up behind her and she looked, she thought he was the gardener until her whole reality changed with this one word, Mary. Teacher! 
Rabboni! And she, she clung to Jesus who was risen and, and she wouldn't let go. And, and Jesus said, don't, don't hold on to me for I have not ascended to my Father and Lord and, and go tell my disciples that I'm risen and, and I'm going ahead into Galilee. Well, the women went to the tomb and an angel appeared to them. And we read in the Scriptures the angel saying, Do not be frightened. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Look at the place where they laid Him. He's not here. But go and tell His disciples. And, and I love this. And right there and then it says, Go and tell, the angel says, Go and tell His disciples and Peter. Go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Why did Peter get a special mention? Well, maybe it's because Peter is kind of the, the person who always kind of stepped up into the role of, of leadership. But, but could it be that Peter was the one who was just so conflicted? with grief and guilt. And the Lord Jesus wanted Peter to know that he wasn't dead anymore. In fact, we, we read in 1 Corinthians 15, 5 that, that the Lord appeared first to Peter. Can you imagine what that was like? And, and I'll tell you what it was like. I, I, all I can say is that Peter's whole world was new again. And if you look at the, the life of the Apostle Peter after the resurrection and move into the book of Acts and, and see what God did, you'd have to say his life wasn't just new because of the resurrection of Jesus. His life was better than new. That this was something powerful. This was something real. He is risen. The resurrection makes everything new. This Easter morning... The Apostle Peter, in his didactic portion, his, his teaching, his epistle, his, the two epistles, but this is from 1 Peter, that the Apostle Peter has something to say to those of you who are losing hope. He's got something to say to you, to those of you who are losing zeal and, and losing the zest of life. And what he says is that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is new life and new hope. And we can live today, folks, Easter 2013, today in the bright newness of the resurrection. So, what we learn from Peter is that he teaches us the resurrection is about two things in this verse, that it's about new life and new hope. First, he teaches us that the resurrection is about new life. Peter says, let's praise the one, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. No, this is not suggesting Jesus is not God. This is a, a, the typical construction of Christ becoming a man. You know, he prayed to the Father. Christ is always the Son of God. He is co-equal with God. And the shorthand term for all of that is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, let's praise the one who brought back Jesus from the dead by His mighty power, God the Father, who in His great mercy brings us back from the dead. Let's praise the One who brought forth the Lord 
who also gives us new life. Let me just read the text. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter says, you know, it all comes from God. You've got to understand this. God really doesn't want us to wander in darkness. God really has a heart. It is, it is mercy. It is, this, it is this attribute of God that is, that is just moved because of the need. Moved because of, of the minuses. Moved because of, of the struggle. That in His great mercy, He is giving us something totally new through the resurrection of Jesus. Paul says in Romans 6 that he, he buries our old lives with Jesus in the cross, in, in the death. That person spiritually is no longer counted. And we are raised through the resurrection into a new life. In fact, in Romans 6, 4 we read, we are buried therefore with Him by baptism into death. In order that, listen to these words, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so too we might also walk in newness of life. I love what uh, the old Princeton theologian Charles Hodge says about how powerful the resurrection is, how necessary Easter is. He said, if he rose, the gospel is true. If he did not rise, it is false. If he rose, he is the Son of God with power, equal with the Father, God himself manifest in the flesh. He is the Messiah predicted by the prophets if he rose. His sacrifice does assuage the wrath of God. He goes on to say, and if he rose, and if he lives, then I live also. The resurrection is the ground of how we get new life. You see, what God wants to do in our lives is not a fix-up. God doesn't want to reform us. God did not love us so much that He sent us some rules. God did not love us so much that He sent us techniques, if you know about the East and Eastern religion. God did not love us so much that He sent us the, the possibility of progress, human progress. No, God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. And He doesn't fix us, fix us up. He makes us new through the resurrection. The day, the moment Jesus rose from the dead, everything was new. The minute Peter saw Jesus raised from the dead, everything was new. And Peter is trying to tell you, trust me. I can't tell you what my life was like before I saw with my own eyes the resurrection and the love of God is alive in my life. I love what one old preacher said, and you can tell when I read this that he is not of the Presbyterian persuasion, um, but I really love it. He says, you can take a pig out of his pen and dress him up like a sheep. Now what he's talking, he's giving a metaphor that you can't, you, know, you can't make yourself a Christian. You can't make yourself a sheep as a part of the fold of God. He's calling us pigs rather than sheep. He said, you can take a pig out of his pen, you can dress him up, like a sheep, you can bring him into the house, you can wash him and perfume him. 
You can even give him sheep lessons, teaching him to go ba. You can do all these things and all you have is a sweet-smelling pig. I love this. You can wash him. You can baptize him. You can walk him down the aisle and let him give his testimony. But this will not change him. The reason that he is a pig is not because he acts like a pig. The reason that he is a pig is because he was born a pig. When it comes to God spiritually, you people are pigs. <laughs> we are born pigs. God wants to make, make us sheep. And, 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 and reform won't do. And we pigs have to be born again. We have to be born into a new life into God's fold. In fact, what God has done is so radical that He killed His own Son. That God came here. God came here for a rescue for people who could never make themselves good enough. And not only did He kill His own Son, but it is so radical that He, rose him, he raised Him from the dead, and that is the power for new life. And what happens when we put our trust in Christ is so radical that it cannot be described as getting better. It cannot be described as becoming more godly. It can only be described as a new birth, as a total new life that God, through His death and resurrection, brings into being. In fact, Paul put it this way. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I remember when I was born again, I got a brand new life in Jesus Christ. And God buried my old life and made me His own and i got to tell you, it, 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 I just could not believe it. The, 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 the clarity of that grace and the beauty of that grace just, just knocked me over. Some of you can't remember so clearly because maybe you were young when you were born again. Don't worry about that. Hey, as a parent, I'm liking that testimony. I'm liking that testimony that God showed me my sin early and I did not have to, to get to the point of utter despair and life wreckage before I turned to Jesus, that God showed me early that I was ruined and that He had provided for me. Let me tell you something. If you can't remember that, please don't have testimony envy on Easter. If you have put your trust and if you are now trusting in Jesus Christ and His death, for the payment for your sins against a holy God removed, and His resurrection for the new life that He wants to give you, then you are new. And this Easter, let's do this. Let's ask God to take us back to the awareness of that newness and the joy and the brightness. Let's ask God to take us back to the joy of our salvation, that first love that comes from being brand new new. And if you've never put your trust in Christ, I want to tell you something, you can become new. And there are folks, they're just worn out. They're just worn out. They're just traveling their own way. They want to make it work. They want to run their life. It is not working. And it's just layer upon layer and layer. And you're so tired, give up. Come to Christ.
God can give you a new birth and an, into a new life that is headlined, headlined by all your sins forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed your transgressions from you. You are now a part of His family. His presence is always with you. Now you can rest. You can come out from under that cosmic guilt before a holy God. You can come out from under that not knowing and, and the wear and tear of that life. And you can rest in the Gospel and in His adoption and new purpose for your life. New the resurrection brings new life. But Peter says the resurrection doesn't just bring new life. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has given us new birth. But also the resurrection gives us new hope. And I, I would like to address uh, those of you who have, have known him. Because we lose hope along the way, don't we? Hope can be fragile for us as well. That in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, with Christ, you, you don't just get a new life. You get a new outlook on life. And that outlook is called hope. Now, of course, we have to define what we mean by hope, don't we? Because, you know, when, when, when people just talk among themselves about hope, that is not at all the hope that Peter says that we get. You know, we talk about hope in our culture. What we mean is kind of wishing, right? I hope the rebels or the bulldogs or the eagles will do well. I hope that this will happen. I hope that so-and-so will do this. And it's kind of wishing. It's kind of like, and, 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 and isn't it funny? We, we kind of betray what we actually think about hope when we say these words, I hope against hope. That. I mean, man, if you're hoping against hope, you ain't got anything solid, you know? I hope things will be okay. That kind of hope is fragile and it breaks. But this hope, this hope that comes through the resurrection is sure. This hope is rooted in Easter it's all about the power that the risen Christ has not only to give you a new life, but to assure you and ensure your, His victory rather in your life now and in the life to come. The very second that Jesus Christ came out of the tomb, a whole new era in history began. The very second that Jesus powerfully came out of the tomb, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of His grace was coming. It is unstoppable. And His imminent return will also be unstoppable. He does reign. He does rule. He is the King of grace. And He will give us all that our hearts truly hope for one day. You do realize that even as I speak to you this morning from this pulpit in Mississippi... You do realize that all over the world, that it is Christianity, that it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that is going forth with power. It is the largest of the world religions. It is the fastest growing of the world religions. Because as people hear about the power of Jesus to do what we can't do for ourselves, they are drawn to Him. And there are people in third world places right now who are celebrating new life. And there are people in the Middle East 
who are celebrating new life. And there are people in Asia and behind iron curtains who are celebrating new life because when Jesus Christ came out of the tomb, it was a new era of the kingdom of God. Think about it as I speak to you from from this platform in Ridgeland, Mississippi. We go all the way back to a faraway place called Jerusalem where Jesus, before He ascended, told His apostles, you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And here we are because of the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 3, and we'll add verses 4 and 5 to our text. Who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here it is, verse 4. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. Listen who right now by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. What he's saying is, hey, if you believe in the resurrection, because it's all about the personal pronouns, isn't it? You can say all day long, Jesus died on the cross, He rose from the dead. But you know what? You have to confess with your mouth that He died for you and that He rose for you. And what Peter is saying here is that we get a new life. We get a new hope. And that risen Lord Jesus Christ is going to give us one day everything our hearts hope for. In the new heavens and new earth. And He's going to guard us and bless and empower us every moment right now in seeing His kingdom go forward. Yeah, the present tense is secure The future tense is secure, you see, because it's anchored in the past. It's anchored in the resurrection of Jesus. It's not just a wish. It's not just a wish. And what I love about this passage is that Peter personalizes this hope in the resurrection. Kind of the reason I took you back into those difficult days for Peter before the crucifixion and the resurrection is that Peter is saying to us, you, you got to trust me. You need the resurrection. I speak as one who needed the resurrection. And he personalizes this hope and he offers it to us on this Easter Sunday. As Edmund Clowney, one of our contemporary Reformed theologians, put it this way, he said, In Christ's triumph, God makes all things new, beginning with us. Don't you love that? God makes all... He's going to do it all. But He'll begin with you. And He loves you. And it is by His great mercy, that great attribute that just moves Him to open up our hearts to the fact that we can't do it alone before a holy God. To to open up our hearts to see that it is finished. And it is new. Because He lives And He's the one. And He can give us new life. When we act out on the resurrection in belief and faith and in praise, our hope is new again. And and you know, it's just kind of Easter in our hearts again. 
Let me ask you a question. Do you need new right now in your life? Do you need new? Do you need Easter in your hearts? I mean, there are people... We have never been more entertained in human history and more lonely. We have never been filled with more goods and yet more empty than we struggle with today. We've never had the possibility of being able to push the buttons, hit the remote, order the pizza, make things happen by our own command, and the feeling of control, and we take that feeling of control, and folks, it doesn't work to put our lives there. It doesn't work to to make the meaning of our lives be our own strength and our own power when Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead and is offering new life. Now... I want to say, what's it going to be this Easter? We all struggle in this. The one preaching to you as well. Is it going to be living by your own power in the same old routine? Or resurrection newness in the power of the risen Christ? As long as you're trying to be your own Savior and run your own life, you will never know this hope. You will never rest in your weary soul. But if you were to look to Jesus for the first time, or even as a believer, if you were to turn it all over to Him again, things have to be different. Because He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He does live. And He does love you. And He will work His mighty power in you. And you know what's great is? He'll not only give you what you need, He'll change you in the process to be able to receive it. He'll give you a technicolor life and not a black and white life. He'll give you an interesting life and not a boring life. He'll give you just enough struggles to help you be dependent upon Him. He will will shape you and mold you. He He will expand what that cup is like and He will fill that. And other people will be able to taste of the Gospel as your cup overflows as He lives through you. Easter, 2013. New life and new hope. Amen? So let me just say the old apostolic greeting, and and you can give it back. We have to do it once every Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Indeed, you are the one. You are the Messiah with power. You, Jesus of Nazareth, are the Son of God. You are the rescuer. That you loved us so much, Father, that you sent your Son. And we thank you this morning that you not only died to take the penalty for the sins that we have committed, that we justly deserve that penalty, but you took it for us on the cross. But you also rose from the dead and are able to give that forgiveness to us, wrapped in a new life in your family. Oh Lord, would you reach out into the midst of this congregation this morning, would would you, would you help us to see the newness and the reality, the brightness, the love, the power, how personal and sure 
is the hope that we have in the resurrection. Would you, would you be the lifter of people's heads this morning through the resurrection? Oh Lord, would you, would you grab people who are wandering and, and fasten them yet again to the, the clarity and beauty and refreshment of the joy of our salvation, our first love. And oh Lord, would you also, as we go down from your house, would you let us live out this love? Would you, would you allow us, Lord, by your mighty working as we put our faith in you to live out this hope that others would want to know it and we would be able to give the reason for the hope that is within us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.